and welcome to Everything Remade, a podcast that I hope is about growth as much as it is about music. I'm Edie Quinn, and I'd like you to hear something. featuring my pal Justin Vanderbilt on bass. The song comes off their debut album, Showing Up Anywhere, which you can find online now. living room coffee table and we're like you know playing like war or something like that i just remember being like five years old and having like toy guns and stuff like that that's my earliest childhood memory <laughs> okay you like flipped it on its side and it was like yeah exactly like, you oh, know, okay. used it as cover or whatever <laughs> okay i thought you were gonna say you like turn it all the way upside down and skate surf that shit down the stairs or yeah. something but <laughs> but yeah, yeah that's not that cool but no no that's still fun i mean it's yeah i don't yeah. know I have um, a lot of memories of like my own childhood where my cousin and I um, would, and this isn't, you know, this isn't comparable to the, uh, to the uh, table thing, but in the um, like little play, you know, imagination thing. So we (laughs) would take action figures and we would dig up like the yard. We would dig up these elaborate, it'd be like, I mean, in le- at least in my like um, seven-year-old mind or whatever, um, <laughs> it'd be like a a level on like Halo or whatever. You know what I mean? It, it'd be oh, like, okay. so like we dig like digging trenches. Oh yeah, and we'd pour like water in them, you know, and then we'd have <laughs> like we'd take that dirt and we'd make like a a mound and all these like foxholes and we'd do all this stuff and um, and then like like. His mom would be like, or like my mom would be like, um, where's the rest of your guys? Like, where's the rest of your, you know, little G.I. Joe guys or whatever, you know? And we'd be like, oh, shit. You know, I, I have no idea, you know? They're like they are in, one with the earth now. Yeah, they're in the <laughs> ground. Um, and, you know, somebody somebody find them later, I hope. But, uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's like... It's uh, it's wild, like, you know, what kinds of um, things imprint on us, and, and, oh, yeah. and uh, and and like where, um, sometimes that this information seems relevant to like um, a like uh, a person's like creative like focus or whatever. But mm-hmm. um, I'm assuming like you know, there's no like turning over uh tables at band practice and you know stuff like that anymore but uh, <laughs> no not so much i uh generally keep them where they're supposed to be now, I yeah guess, yeah 
Oh, yeah. and if there's if there's some some battle sequences in the next music video, then you know how you can, you know, oh, yeah. stage them out. It's not a bad idea for a music video, actually. Yeah, <laughs> well, like pretend war with guns or something like that. I was just Could like fun. watching yours, and I was like, mm-hmm. this is fucking perfect because, like, you, I mean. I'm just going to assume I know I know how this was shot in that like everybody just did their thing along to the song one at a time and because that way you're not like rearranging the equipment and um you know since this is an audio medium I'll explain it a little bit the music video is like everyone is just in this corner and there's sort of a strobe going on them and um and like uh, the vocals like just has the vocalist in this corner going along with the vocals bass has the you know the bass rig behind them and going along with the the bass guitar etc the drums the drum kits there but it's one person at a time so like i mean i'm assuming that's how y'all did that it was like you set up and then you shot all your shots like there you go then the next person the next person yeah exactly like we just uh yeah, like we just had the camera set up. So it's in our jam space is where we shot that. Mm-hmm. And so we just had the camera set up in the middle of the room and like being super careful while moving the equipment out and stuff. So we didn't like knock it off because we wanted to have that sort of same shot for every person. Yeah. Um, like the same angle and everything like that. Yeah. But yeah, that's exactly what we did. We each ran it through like two or three times. It was like, okay, that's enough. And it took us like all, only like two hours to shoot. It was pretty quick. So. And then a zillion uh, hours to edit because it's like uh, all that splicing and yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Like it was, it was a friend of ours who actually shot it uh, and and did the editing and stuff like that. So I I don't know how, uh, how much hours he put into it, but uh, shout out to Craig because he did an amazing job with it. Yeah. Um, And yeah, I'm, I'm super happy with how it turned out. Yeah. It's really cool. And like I, and you know, the reason I brought it up is because the premise of it is just perfect. And so like the premise, you know, is so low maintenance, just like get everyone in there and just let the cameras roll a couple times. And then like, obviously all the, you know, stuff after the fact is like probably mm-hmm. pretty labor intensive and, and takes a lot of like creative uh, energy and stuff. But like the premise is like, that's it. There you go. And um, yeah, as as like, you know, someone that's always been interested in doing things like that, but like is always like, oh, I don't know how to like, you know, shoot. Um, I don't know how to like shoot. I don't know what you would put in a thing, you know, and et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> I found it really like inspirational. That's what I'm trying to say. Oh, yeah. The the trick is unearned confidence. Just try it and hope for the best is is how I found these (laughs) things tend to go. Uh, That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, Did you, uh, when when you were growing up, like, Mm -hmm. was music videos, like, were music videos, like, important to your discovery of, or or your, like, love of music initially? Or did you? Oh, for sure. yeah? Yeah. Like, yeah, like I, I was, you know, as as like, you know, young kid, you know, watching like much music and stuff like that. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, just music videos on there. And then also, you know, growing up with like the early version of YouTube and watching these like, you know, 
240p metalcore videos <laughs> that's uh the worst quality ever but that's that's how I, I discovered a lot of bands back then was just you know the recommended videos on you know oh i'm listening to i don't know chiotos or something probably back then and then oh this band's recommended let's check that out so i watched a lot of music videos and that's sort of how i got into a lot of the bands i, I liked back then for sure and like discovered deeper into music basically yeah yeah but going back even further than that, like were your parents like super into music? No, not at all, actually. No. Uh, like me and me and my brother are both musicians. He's more on like the uh, EDM side of things. He makes like techno and stuff like that. But mm -hmm. both of us got really into it. But my parents have never even touched a musical instrument. So we don't really know where it came from, why okay. we decided to both go into it. But it, well, yeah, it wasn't really, a, you know, growing up in a musical household or anything like that. We just kind of figured it out on our own. Yeah. And when did that start to, ha like, did that happen with the music videos or was like, were there people at school that started getting into, you know, like, uh, just like, like heavy, heavier music, like, oh, check this out or... Yeah, well, a big part of it is uh, my, my buddy TJ, who uh, he does merch for us sometimes. I've known him since we were four, and we both started getting into you know music and going into heavier and heavier stuff, kind of kept along the same trajectory, which with what music we're into since we were, you know, really young, but then, you know, sort of, yeah, more in like, I don't know, as we got older, getting into heavier things. His dad played guitar, so that might have had a factor in it of like us getting into that, but uh, yeah. I guess. Right. Did you, mm -hmm. did you play any kind of instruments in like school band or anything when you're like growing up? Uh, in, in junior high, I, I did percussion and then in, uh, for seventh grade and then they got me to play just bass in eighth grade. So that was like my first time playing bass. I'd been playing guitar up to that point. Um, and then I switched to playing bass in uh, junior high band, and I, I was terrible at it. I still don't know how to read music, but <laughs> you know that was I, I did a little bit of that in uh, in junior high, and then in high school I stopped doing it because I was playing in bands and stuff like that then, and didn't really need that anymore. Yeah, but you like you got a guitar on your own um, initially, or were you? It was just like you're gonna play guitar in the school thing, and and you got a guitar, or. Uh, my cousin gave me my first guitar, actually. Okay. He uh, he lives in BC, um, but he heard that me and my brother were both interested in playing. And so he was like, hey, I've got this old guitar from when I played when I was a kid. Do they want it? So it's this like black Samick Strat that's I still have, actually. It's not super functional at the moment. I got to <laughs> put it back together. But uh, I do still have that guitar, actually. Yeah. That's awesome. I, um, yeah, yeah I, I, I wish I had either of my first guitars, but like, yeah, we were, we were in it. We had like our warehouse robbed, like where we were practicing as like teenagers. But like, oh, yeah, um, that sucks. Yeah, yeah. It's it was a uh, it was a BC Rich Warlock and um, <laughs> a Jackson Dinky. So like, oh, pretty, those are both killer guitars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't really, you know. I didn't really know what I had at the time. I mean, I love those guitars like to death because mm -hmm. they were they were mine, and I I could not believe I I owned guitars. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, when yeah, you're totally. 16, 17, and you're like, holy shit, I have a guitar. Like, this <laughs> the sun never goes down. You know, it's just like you're ready all the time. 
Um, yeah. But yeah, it's uh, like now that I'm like older and and like, yeah, the uh, it's been a while now, but like in like 2015, I think I was on tour mm-hmm. in California and a friend had one of those dinkies and I picked it up and I was playing it and I felt like I was invincible. I was like, these things are so fast. Like, what am I <laughs> like? And I've wanted one ever since, but uh, yeah, it's like one of those, like, you know, you're a kid, you just, you're just going at it. You're playing your guitar, you know, you love yeah, it. It doesn't but, matter what you have. You just want to make some noise on it. Right. Right. And then yeah. l- looking at it later, you know, playing it later, I was like, gosh, this was a great guitar. Like I need one. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I write it off on my taxes or something. This isn't, this is a, <laughs> it's this, a business expense yes, now. You're good. This is a thing. <laughs> I needed it as a necessity. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, yeah, I always think I always think that's fun fun when like people still have their and I mean, um, that's really cool like that it came from, you know, your cousin and and um I imagine that has a like its own sentimental attachment to it. And unless you just hate your cousin now, you're like, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) It's been, been, uh, been a couple of years since I've talked to him, unfortunately, but you know, Uh, we're, we're all good. Yeah. 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 Um, so you said you were like starting in bands already when you were in high school. Um, like, is this the like much music Chiodos, like, uh, video jumping like era of for you musically, or was this a different, uh, well, you know, that was, yeah, like much music and, you know, going on YouTube and stuff. That was much more in like, you know, junior high sort of thing. Okay. Um, yeah. Like when I was in high school, it was like the summer between ninth and 10th grade. I joined, um, my brother, who's a few years older than me, he had some friends who were like starting a deathcore band and they were looking for a guitar player. That's what I was all about at that time. You know, it was like 2009, 2010. So it was, Suicide Silence, Whitechapel, that's what I'm all about at that time in my okay. life. So, uh, yeah, I joined in on that, um, which was, yeah, that was the first band I ever played in, first show I ever played and everything like that. So they were a couple years older than me, but, uh, yeah, it was fun. So is this, like, straight up, like, top string tuned to G, just, like, flopping around, like, deathcore? <laughs> or, like, did you, like, um, did, were, were you, like, pretty like comfortable like you knew what you were doing to an extent um oh i had no idea what i was no doing idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah like we had uh we had a really weird tuning actually like i was borrowing uh i didn't have one but the other guitar player he had two seven string guitars oh, okay and so we had it it was, it was just, i can't even remember how exactly it worked but it was almost like if you took an eight string guitar but skipped the seven string. So the low to the low note was just like, yeah, floppy, just complete nothing. It was a really weird tuning to be honest. I, yeah. I don't, I don't remember all the details of it, but definitely a lot of just low tune, just like open chug breakdowns. It was not, you know, nothing amazing looking back on it. It's a little cringy, but it was still a part of, you know, how I developed into who I am today. So I can't be too mad at, mad yeah. at it. Yeah. I mean, when you're like, at when you're at that age and like you're just full of like you know angst and like whatever like literally all you need is just something just going you know like so that's it It probably worked out fine just like oh yeah totally you need to just you need to just palm mute some like chugs and like 
wait for that snare hit and just lose your mind and and you know you're having a great time oh exactly yeah, yeah. no it was like like i said looking back on it it's nothing i'd make now but uh definitely it was a fun time it was formative like it's how i learned how you know you get set up for a show how you meet people stuff like that making contacts so it was it was important for yeah. sure yeah but uh not great music <laughs> yeah what kind of shows were you playing like at that at that age was it like hall shows like it was mostly at uh it's called avenue theater which it's it makes me sad because it's i i you still drive by it and it looks exactly as it did back then but it's you know it's it's owned by some big real estate company who's just doing nothing with it there's not shows there or anything anymore Mm. um but it, it like when i first went to shows there it was a skate park and so you'd see bands like play in the middle of the half pipe and it was the funnest thing and then they turned into an actual venue because that's where all their money was being made and that's when i started playing shows there when they had like a proper stage and everything like that but it was yeah like basically just like a local art space it was super cool i love that place and then yeah your odd hall show but most of them were at avenue theater yeah i i the last time i went to like my hometown and um, we we were in the area where um, I had played like well not played my first show but I I had booked my first show like um, at an actual venue mm-hmm. and that place used to be this like um, bar that would like it was a bar but then it would do like all ages shows like before sort of like nightfall you know kind of thing yeah yeah before and, uh, everyone was out there to get drunk basically. Yeah, exactly. And it yeah. was now it was now like a a secondhand store. And but like not a cool one at all. Like it was like we went in and we were just like this place sucks, you know. It was <laughs> it was just depressing. It was like yeah. I was like at least let me get like a cool shirt or something out of this, you know. It yeah. Was, it was nothing. It was nothing. I was like damn. You know? Yeah. No, it's uh, another one of the the great Edmonton venues was uh, was called Wonder Bar. And it was a cool like hole in the wall bar. And now it's like, I think it's a chicken like joint or something like that. (laughs) You can buy fried chicken there or something, but it's, it's just like, man, I miss that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe at least it's good fried chicken. I mean, I don't, I haven't had it. So I'll have to report back on that, but I, I don't, I, you know, for the record, don't anybody think I, I broke vegan or anything because I <laughs> I didn't. I'm just saying, if the chicken exists, hopefully it's good, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, it's I don't know. It's wild. Like I I only have these experiences like because I live very far from where I grew up. But like, it's I I know like how it's like you drive by these landmarks and stuff. Like you know, there's. A, like where one of my kids was born is like got torn down and turned into something else, mm. you know, the hospital there. And it, and it's like, it's really weird. Like how, um, you know, as a, a space occupies this portion of your, uh, you know, your, your youth. And, um, and then, I mean, nothing is, you know, permanent. And then it's just like, damn, you know, yeah, it's it's sad. It's like you know, I met some of my best friends at this place, going to shows and stuff like that. And it's like it's gone. It'll never be back. 
Yeah. Yeah. You know, paved paradise and put in a parking lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I mean, I don't know. I don't know what it's like, you know, where, uh, where you live particularly, but it, it's like a lot of the stuff, like, especially uh, where I grew up, um, because it wasn't, it was very, um, it wasn't very um, populated at the time. It wasn't very like, the area wasn't commercialized very heavily. Mm. And now it's just like, there's like, um, you know, all these like little beaches that we used to go down on and, you know, do stuff that kids weren't supposed to be doing on beaches and <laughs> this and that, you know? And now it's like all closed off because they're building a fucking hotel there. And you're like, mm. you know, like fuck all this, you know? But um, <laughs> yeah, that's another podcast, I guess. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, so like, you know, you were playing shows like relatively young and everything and you still are. So I'm assuming that it was just like, from the get-go, it was like, yes, this is it. Like, this is what I'm going to be doing. Yeah, for I mean, that's yeah, like, what, 12, 13 years later, something like that, and I'm still doing it. So, mm -hmm. yeah, it's, yeah, I mean, you know, it's having a bunch of people there to see you make music with a giant amp behind you. <laughs> They're playing with your friends. You know, there's nothing like that feeling in the world. Yeah. It's, it's just the best thing and you know there's good stuff outside of that obviously but at the same yeah. time it's just you know it's a very singular thing and yeah i mean it's just it's uh yeah i've, I've kept at it all this time pretty much so yeah there's a gear i wasn't in a band between now and then and that's about it so there's a there's a really weird thing that i i've never verbalized um before but it's it i think it's so unique like playing uh, especially how we do where the crowd is just like right there, you know, mm -hmm. um, there's something that's so unique where you can be all three at one time. You can be entirely by yourself. You can be in total communion with your bandmates and you can also be involved in this like communal feeling with the entire like audience or whatever like mm -hmm. there's like that thing where it's like you can be all three of those things at the same time or, or maybe that's just me but like i think everybody probably experiences it to a degree you know even in the oh, crowd yeah, no like yeah totally like throughout the show you know you just kind of have these moments where you feel yeah you're just like in this zone with yourself just like in the very moment you're not thinking about all the people around you but then the next moment you're in this big crowd and doing this thing and you feel like a part so it's like this very singular experience but also a very communal experience at the same time yeah yeah it's yeah it's amazing um it's a one-of-a-kind thing nothing like a nothing else like it for sure
when about did you start like like being was your first band recording your own music and everything like that too or was that kind of like something that you'd work up to uh that first band i was in we did record like a an ep um the other guitar player he had some experience with doing recording so he he did it all i just kind of played uh in that band and so it was it was it's, it sounded horrible i actually re-listened to it like you know a year or two ago and it's like <laughs> oh my god so it was like a line six pod direct into a mixing console like it was it has not aged well but uh yeah it was you know recording was a big part of it then and then um the other thing too is the high school I went to. Uh, it had a lot of like experimental programs going on to it. So the province gave them a bunch of extra money. So it actually had like a recording studio in there. Oh wow! So even even then, we I was like figuring out how to do recording and stuff like that. And my uh, the crust punk band I was in later on in high school, we recorded down there. Okay, so like your first thing was someone else like but your second thing was was you taking taking the reins yeah i've kind of gone in and out from being the person doing recording like especially over the last like year or so i've been doing a lot more recording stuff which is mm-hmm. awesome it's, it's a lot of fun and i'm really having a good time with, with getting more opportunities to do that yeah it's like yeah back then i was trying to figure it out and again it sounded horrible because it was the first thing i ever did but like I said earlier, unearned confidence. You just got to try it and see what works, and eventually you'll get better. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't even, like, you can't even fault yourself, you know, for, like, oh, it sounds like shit. It's just, like, you did it. Like, what the fuck, you know? Like, that's something. Oh, and, yeah. and at the same time, like, back then, that was the greatest thing I had ever heard was this, you know, of course, awful yeah. recording I'd ever, I made, but it's like, I made this, that was me. Right. And uh, so, yeah, like, you know, in the moment, it's it's the greatest thing ever. But obviously, you know, with hindsight, it's like, yeah, this is terrible. But, you yeah. know, it was an important thing. It was cool, too, at the time. It's like, yeah, I made this. For sure. Now, what was, what was the setup like that, like, your the very first thing that you, was it like... Uh, you know, like a, and and a, a mixing board, like into the computer, like what you know. Walk me through like the first thing that you did your recording on, the first like setup. Well, yeah, the, like the very first thing with that like deathcore band I was in, it was yeah, like basically just yeah, this mixing desk into a computer. It was a pretty straightforward setup, and then like I said, using like a Lion Six Pod. Um, and then the other one, when I, when I started doing it myself, it was actually like a pretty nice setup. Like they had like a, you know, 16 channel interface. You could have a bunch of mics going and stuff like that. Um, I didn't know what I was doing with it, but you know, still, yeah, yeah, I had all the tools to make it sound good if I had known what I was doing. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's, that's really cool. Like, and I mean, you know, um, it's such a different it's such a different experience, like talking to folks, like even just a bit younger or, you know, or like, mm-hmm. or, or talking to folks that are a bit older than me, like this little 10 year window can make all the difference to, between when somebody's recording on like a Fostex four track, like I, you know, my first bands did or mm-hmm. like, you know, or like running, you know, one of the first like computer programs, you know, it's like, and, um, I don't know, I've kind of did like all things, which is, you know, uh, interesting. And like, I mean, it's, 
I, I mean, I've even heard just like, just wild stories. People, you know, essentially recording demos on like boom boxes and stuff. So it's always, um, it's always interesting where, where that, you know, like, I don't know exactly where I could paint those lines, like in time, you know, as a like, okay, if, if it was 1995 or before, unless you paid somebody, probably a lot of money, then you were getting this kind of recording, you know? Yeah. Uh, but uh, after, say, like 2001 or whatever, like you could kind of start seeing people that can do it themselves, you know, just like downloading stuff. But, um, yeah. And like uh, the like progression of recording technology over, like you said, even like the past 10 years, like it, it's, it's insane. Yes. Like how much it's gotten to the point where it's just, anyone who wants to take the time and is motivated to learn how to use this stuff can make a fantastic sounding album now. Yeah. You know? Like yeah. It's, there's not really that barrier of entry that there was back in like 95, you said, where it's like, if you want something that isn't on a four track cassette recorder, you have to pay a couple grand to some guy who doesn't care about your music and blah, blah, blah. And now it's like, no, you, people can do it themselves for sure. It takes work, but you can do it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It takes work but not money, I guess. <laughs> right. Like one of the first things that I did, not the very first thing I did, but one of them, like after the first thing where we were like, oh, this is really not very good. Then it was another thing <laughs> where, and it was like this guy that our drummer, like his dad was like, uh, his dad was in the um, like church um, music group and um his dad was like, like knew a guy that had stuff. And so his dad's like, yeah, Maddie, like, um, this, if you pay this guy like $200, which was, you know, like a shitload of money for us, especially <laughs> yeah. back then, you know, um, it's like, he'll come over and to your friend's house and record your band. And, and, um, and it was a while. It was like this, this, you know, I say like this, like, guy from the church and it's like you might get this image of a guy in a polo with the shirt tucked in but with some like florida shorts and you know like glasses and <laughs> you know um the whole deal and um it's like this guy coming over to like hear like a bunch of 16 year old kids like cuss and like play like shitty um uh nirvana slash ramones rip rip-offs or whatever you know it's like uh it was a exactly like you described like somebody who does not care less like what you're trying to do mm -hmm. or even know what you're trying to do just like hit record thank you for the money see you later <laughs> um yeah exactly but uh thankfully i don't have any of that uh those recordings still so i'm, I'm actually <laughs> glad for that um yeah they're, they're gone <laughs> yeah they you know until until someone hears this and says <laughs> oh someone's gonna go on the way back machine and dig them up somehow yeah somehow <laughs> you know um someone from from that high school has got that tape because like that's <laughs> the people from my high school like that's how they are um it's like do you remember like you know i don't like i'm from one of those towns where it's like if you did not get out of that town like you're still very much like in that like um do you remember what high school was like? Mental you know what I'm saying? Like mm. if you're still in that town, you've lived there this whole time, you very much are still in that town a hundred percent. And like 
Yeah, there are people that randomly are just like, this seven inch that you did was so great, you know? And I was like, I, I was 15. Like, what are you talking about? You know, like that was awful. And, and like, you know, we did this, we, we did this terrible cover that we thought was funny and it was just like, get out of here. But, um, yeah, I don't know. um, but like, um, you know, like you said, you, you learn and, uh, you stick with it and, now you're doing very cool things. One thing I, you know, I, I've been listening to the new record. It's just like fucking crushing. It's just like floors you. It's about 13 minutes long, you know, 10 songs. And like the last yep. songs like leaves you on this really emotional, like weight, you know, it gives you this really like, uh, final like song, you know, feeling and it's has this, a lot of weight to it. And, um, like, so I've been listening to that and then I go back and I'm like, oh yeah, I should like look through the other releases. Cause I could have swore there were some, w weren't there like at least a couple of songs posted here and there, like at some other point. So there was, it was, uh, cause I, I wasn't in false body right from the beginning. I mean, I've, it's been like five years now that I've been in this band, but, uh, they had somebody else playing bass, uh, originally, uh, guy named Brett, who's great dude. But, um, anyways, yeah, they had this recording and it was a very similar situation that we were talking about where they paid a bunch of money to a guy who he didn't get it. He didn't care. And the recordings just did not come out well. So, uh, the other three in the band who actually did that recording, they're like, once we get this out there, this is much more representative of who we are. And the other thing, they just scrubbed off the internet as much as they could. Because, okay. Uh, it's just not really representative. Like of, of the songs aren't as good. The recording is really bad. It just, yeah, it's not. So there was something you're not wrong, but it's okay. Uh, okay. gone for good reasons. Yeah. No, no worries. I just, I thought I was, was like Berenstain Baroning myself or whatever. You know, I was like, no, no Mandela effect. Yeah. You're, you're right. There was there, but yeah. And especially because I was like, you know, I was like, I've known about this band for a while. Like, and I could have swore I listened to something. And I was like, um, you know, like, it, and then, it, and so I went on like the Instagram and I was like, no, definitely been playing shows at least since 2019, <laughs> you know? And, and I was like, not sure um, what happened, but like, yeah, um, you know, it uh, feels like um, y'all have been working on this album like for a while. Um, is, um, is that true or did this all come together like relatively quickly well there so it's kind of a bit of both if i'm being honest so okay i i got uh, i actually had a video just youtube recommendations thing of a show we played like pre-pandemic uh that somebody had shot and before we started play it was because this is like yeah like late 2019 or something like that and you know we're doing like the before we start playing talking stuff and i'm like yeah we just finished recording because we did we'd recorded this album in like 2019 and then it, it just didn't turn out how we wanted it to uh, it just wasn't sounding you know where we wanted it to be and so 
it got shelved and, you know, I was mixing it, trying to salvage it or anything, but it just wasn't there. Um, and so it, it has been way too long. We've been working on this, but at the same time, once we were like, okay, you know what, we need to start, you know, things were starting to open back up again and things like that. It's like, okay, we need to get this recorded. We need to get it out. And once we sort of put our heads down and we're like, we need to get this done. It was actually a really quick process. Um, you know, I talked to Ryan who did it, uh, Ryan Berhalke, who, uh, he was in that first deathcore band I was in, in high school, actually I've known him since then. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a fantastic audio engineer, good friend. So he, he did the recording side of things for us and then did a killer job of it. And it, it was pretty quick once we put our heads down and started getting it together, but also a bit of laziness of like trying to do it and it not turning out and that kind of dejecting us a little bit for a while. Oh yeah. Plus, you know, all the stuff with the pandemic and all that fun stuff where it was kind of hard to jam for a while and stuff like that so yeah yeah so do you feel like like do you feel like actually recording it yourself and being like disappointed in it in one way or another do you feel like that was like um essential to like being able to like see what was wrong with it in your eyes and like fine-tune it from there like what how important to like it coming out the way you did want it was that part of the, of the process. You know, I hadn't really thought about it, but I, yeah, I mean, I'm sure it definitely, yeah. Like it's like, okay, this is what we don't want, you know? And sometimes that's, that helps you. Like what we were trying to do with it was like very much a like live off the floor, have that sort of vibe to it. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of the issue with it. So it's like, okay, we want it to be a little more calculated and, and, you know, still have, you know, went on pretty clean per se but have it be more yeah i guess precise might be the better term for it rather than being alive off the floor sort of thing and everything like that so yeah it, it definitely i think had a had helped with that and also just like with figuring out you know which parts needed to be worked on and the order of the album and stuff like that uh it probably helped out a lot with too so yeah no i definitely did actually now that i think about it <laughs> i hadn't thought about that until now but yeah yeah, yeah. It sounds like having that sort of as a demo was like, you know, it's it's like being able to look at all the pieces and move them around and, and you know. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, have this like, uh, had a, I don't know, the words visual aid are coming into mind, but that's, it's not a visual aid. It's, you know, <laughs> like. Yeah, I mean, it kind of is when you have it on, like, you know, the DAW in front of you and your sure. computer screen. But yeah, it's, it's sure. also just like, you know, figuring out like, oh, this song flows well into this song. And oh, this bass part I wrote for that, it was trying to be clever and it sounds like crap. So I got to rewrite that and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. The, the pre production side of things, I guess. So. Yeah. It's like, I mean, I don't know. As cliche as it is, it's like, it, music is just like the wildest shit to me. It'll, I'll never get over the fact that, like, this this thing that isn't even real is like the most real thing that's ever happened to me you know like it's like not even real when you play a song it's just like in the air it's just all around you it's not real it's like just whatever is going into your brain like that's the only place it exists and like you know yeah i mean you own a record but it's like you know it's like just grooves on this thing until you put the needle on it and then it's just like in the air coming out of the speakers it's like i don't know it's it's corny to like pontificate it on on it like that but it's like it's it's unbelievable i don't know 
cheesy truths are sometimes true though i mean yeah it's like we're wiggling some air and you know some of the most important things in my life have come because of that wiggling air you know like some truly great experiences and things like that so yeah yeah i mean it's yeah very much true it's it's music is wild when you stop to really think about it (laughs) yeah exactly um you mentioned before that you came into the band when the band was already formed. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, how did that happen? It was just like, uh, we need a bass player. You're a bass player. <laughs> well, <laughs> well it's, I'd, I'd played in uh, some bands before. Me and Lee, the guitar player, uh, he, uh, we'd played in a grindcore band called Ant Together, and then me and the other Justin in the band, uh, Scobes, as we call them, uh, we'd played in a band called Slumlord together, and so it just, uh, they, and the way they had it before was it was, yeah, Lee and Brett, and they were doing it where, like, on one song, one would play guitar and the other would play bass, and then they'd swap basically back and forth. Um, but the original plan was actually to just have both of them play guitar, have the two guitar players, and then I would play bass for it. Um, but then Brett uh, had some things come up in his life and he needed to leave the project, so we kept it as just one guitar, one bass. Um, but yeah, I was just you know being friends and having played in bands with them before, and they needed someone to play bass, so I jumped in. Yeah. Was... At that point, did you kind of like start, was it one of those things where like you learned a bunch of songs, but then like as y'all started writing new songs, you sort of phased them out or what, what is the representation of like the material you play now? Uh, yeah, I mean, I like... I think, yeah, two of the songs on the record were written before I joined the band. Um, but then beyond that, like once I joined, like I don't want to be in a band where I can't write. Like I don't have to write everything, obviously, but mm-hmm. I want to be able to at least put ideas forth. And so since when I joined the band, it has been a pretty 50-50 split of like stuff I've written and stuff Lee's written. And then obviously bring it into the space and it changes in there once everyone else is involved with it. But um yeah, I mean, like, there was a bit, but it was very much like, yeah, phasing out these old songs and out, like, that old recording and stuff like that and starting to work on new stuff that we created together as a group, so... Mm-hmm. totally understand where you're coming from like being like uh, a part of the songwriting process but at the same time I will say 
that like just playing somebody else's songs is amazing sometimes <laughs> because like I am just like always like I mean even if it's like somebody sends me like a guitar part and they're like record drums to this I am like the overthinker like to the extreme I'm just like it could just they could just be like yeah just lay down something nice and you know nice and simple and I'm like <laughs> hmm you know and I come up with a most like it does not make sense at all and i'm like yeah that's pretty simple that's what they meant you know (laughs) so i mean i don't know i had one project where it was just like it was just these really clean like indie songs and i was just like boom 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 and i was like this is fucking great honestly like no blast beats no like (laughs) you know i was like i should do this all the time um but yeah it's i mean that's the um, thing that I was found so wild uh, about music is just like how you can be uh, so many different kinds of parts of it as well. You know, like you can in the same song, you can be like a severely integral part or you can just be emotional support almost. You know, you can just like, OK, I'm here for the rest of you. You know? <laughs> yeah, lay, laying back and letting everyone else have their time to shine, especially with yeah, bass. It's I think uh, uh, you have to kind of think about that on each individual part. Like, what's going to make this sound better if I do some, you know, cool, interesting thing, or do I just need to like back off and let everybody else sort of have the spotlight for this part? Will that make the song better? Um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's that balancing act, and but it it is very cool that like you know at one moment again you're up there and it's like yeah i'm gonna shred for a minute and then the next moment it's like cool i'm back you guys do your thing you know yeah oh i got all sweaty being up there i'm just gonna (laughs) gonna relax now yeah um so like in in false body this is i mean the you know the tracks ranging from like 40 seconds to the longest which is an outlier um being like three minutes but most tracks being about a minute and a half, like this, these, uh, you know, this, these walks to the spotlight and back can be like pretty, Mm -hmm. you know, they can be pretty quick. Um, Mm -hmm. how do you like, I mean, hmm, when, when the band is like putting a song together, like, is it kind of, usually more like one person like brings the initial idea and everybody uh sculpts their thing around it or is it like one person showing one thing and everybody trying to build on it yeah well like the way songwriting usually works with it is like uh me or lee will usually come in with like call it like 90 to 95 percent of a song you know you have the riffs this is the order they're going to be in you know this is sort of the baseline of the song and then we bring that into the jam space and we all just kind of you know teach each other parts and stuff like that like you know try and try some things out on drums and it's like you know people pipe up with ideas like oh what if we did you know this instead like instead of a blast beat here what if we did like a halftime thing change it up and stuff like that and so it's this you know collaborative process between us and then 
Michelle will usually just, you know, be like recording us doing it. And then uh, she'll go in with like the lyrics and stuff like that, because lyrics are pretty much all her side of things. So mm-hmm. the vocal department of that is, is, is mostly just her, but, uh, and yeah, so it is, it's like, it starts off as a very individual process of just like, you know, I have this song, but then it, it actually becoming a much better song is this collaborative process of all of us working together through it. So. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And how, um, like that, you know, y'all have been playing together for a while. Like you, you know, um, how often do you th- find yourself like, um, surprised by what someone else brings to the table? Like not saying like, not saying, Oh, like I could have totally predicted this person was going to do that. Not, not, not in that sense, but just like, um, like that's totally something that Lee would do, but wow, you know, like, yeah, like it's not so much surprise. I think it's more just almost like having faith. I say, I guess I'd say mm-hmm. like, you know, false body is what, one of the things I love about playing in this band is that, you know, I, I'm in a band with three of the most talented musicians I have ever met. And they really push me to be better at my instrument. And so when I come in with a song and like, you know, give them this basic shell, but like, you know, they can do their own thing on it. I know just like, they're going to do something cool with it. They're going to come up with something I wouldn't have thought of that makes the song better. And it just is going to improve it. Just having that faith in them to like, I know you're going to do something dope with this, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think that's something, you know, like, um, that, I've learned like, you know, more and more is just like, yeah, you know, you, um, you have that faith, like, because you know, like how talented the people that you're involved with are, but like, it's, it's that thing where it's like, you know, if it wasn't, if it, if it was, if it didn't so like surprise, not surprise, surprise is the wrong words, but if it didn't like come a little bit as like, oh, then it like, it wouldn't have been, been like that person, you know, I don't, mm. I don't I'm not doing this justice at all, but it's just like, <laughs> I, I kind of get what you're saying though. Like, you know, the thing you wouldn't have thought of, but exactly. they thought of because of who they yeah, 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 I get what you're saying. Yeah, like if it was just like if they just did like the the basic thing based off what you were doing instead of like creating this whole other like soundscape or whatever version mm-hmm. of your thing, then like you should you would have just been doing it yourself, you know, like mentally or whatever, you know. But like you're not; yeah. it's coming from somewhere else, and that's. I don't know. I've always thought that like, you know, there's, I've always thought like in this weird way where like, I don't know if this person is even any good, but like, um, their, their passion for the music or like their ideas are cool. So, you know, that whatever happens is going to be cool. Like, you know, like, I don't know Mm -hmm. if you shred, but this is going to be awesome. You know? Yeah. 
Well, I mean, there's, you know, it's a, a sort of half joke I, I've made before, but it's like there's a big difference between being a good musician and being good at your instrument, you know? Mm-hmm. Like there's people who can absolutely shred on guitar, but they write boring music and can't write a song to save their life. And then there's other people who can barely play three chords, but they write some of the greatest music ever with that, you know? Mm-hmm. It, it's two very different things. I mean, you're, you know, obviously need to know how to slightly play your instrument, but I think there's a big difference between somebody who's a great musician and somebody who's just good at their instrument. And yeah. I'd rather play in a band with somebody who's a great musician and has a passion for it and creativity than someone who can play, you know, anything you throw at them. I'm just lucky that I get both in false bodies. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. It's, it doesn't always work out that way, but when it does. Yeah, like, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't, you know, um, I, I, I was, uh, when I was like online, like doing like a little bit of research and I was like, well, I don't have these other releases to talk about now. I was, um, I, I was like, well, what should I like, how should I sort of like, um, finish this conversation? And I, I, I made a joke to my partner and I think I'm going to stick with it now, even like, hopefully this doesn't (laughs) offend anyone. Um, but, um, I was like, I should ask them, and so now I'm asking um, if False Body tomorrow became a hockey team, what would each person play? What position? <laughs> Despite the fact that I'm Canadian, I know like next to nothing about hockey. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. If when, what... I was, when I was a kid, I uh, sliced my mom's shins open when she was trying to teach me to skate as like a three-year-old. And so I just, I never played. Oh. I've never had any interest in it. Oh, my um, I, I don't know. I, I, in my head, Scobes is the goalie. Okay. And that's about all I can, that's about all I can really Because with. behind the drum set... Yeah. And so used to like taking up that space and protecting everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah I, who score who scores the most see, I don't know anything about hockey either, and that's why I thought the question was so funny. <laughs> because I thought I thought you come back to me with like this very good in-depth explanation and then being like, What do you think? And I just go, I have no idea what you just said, but <laughs> but like that's awesome, you know? But um yeah, so so just Breaking it down from there, like who's who scores the most goals out of out of the four of you? I'm gonna here here's here's how I'm gonna put it out. Okay. I think Lee scores the most goals. Okay. I think Michelle is the team captain. Okay. And I'm just a defenseman who gets hit in the face with the puck to stop a goal every once in a while. <laughs> that's that's how I'll put it. That's that's what I think it'll it'll work out with. <laughs> okay, who who ends up in the penalty box the most? Uh, yeah, that's probably me. I'll, I'll, I'll <laughs> you'll, you'll, you'll take well, that one. I, as well. I, I played basketball when I was a kid, and uh, do, do you know all that much about basketball? Um, no, I used to play like a lot as a kid, but I know no rules, you know, I just know like court, you know, like neighborhood court rules, you know? Gotcha. So in, in actual, you know, regular rules. So if you get five fouls in a game, you're kicked out for the game. Uh, when I was a kid, uh, there was a season where there were two games. I didn't get fouled out of the game. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I was not, I'm not a very clean player. So that's why I'm in the penalty box. I think. (laughs) 
Well, I, I mean, at least you didn't like injure anyone playing back. I mean, or or hopefully you didn't injure anyone. Or maybe you did. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I got as much as I gave, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, oh, you're over the statute of limitations on those charges at this point. probably. Yeah, so. no, um, I, I had braces when I was playing basketball and you do get hit in the mouth a lot. So my mouth bled a lot of the time uh, when I was playing basketball. So, oh, that's brutal. Yeah. Like, yeah, you know, uh, I put one of my teeth through my lip in, at a screamo show, like doing vocals once. Oh, so I'm not a, I'm not a stranger to that uh, <laughs> mouth wound life, you know. Yeah, um, it's just annoying more than anything. Oh, uh, it's um, like it was terrifying to me. Like I was, I was like, oh yeah, I guess we can put it through your lip. You yeah, know, I like went a little more extreme. <laughs> I was like on, I was like on the. So the thing, the deal is like, so I had this, um, I had one of those, uh, sure fifties, you know, that I thought was really Mm -hmm. cool to like, and I was a freestanding vocalist. And, uh, so you have one of those huge Elvis mics and I would take it and I'd be like, you know, right in my face. And I just smashed my face once, you know, and my tooth is like through, but also part of my tooth is like sort of in my mouth that chipped off, you know? And oh, I'm, I don't really notice. And the guitar player is looking at me really weird because I'm just bleeding everywhere. <laughs> and I sat the mic down like during like this long part where there's just music. And I ran mm-hmm. into the um, bathroom and my tooth was like through my lip. And I, <sighs> I had to pull my lip off my tooth, you know? And, and I'm, just, I'm imagining there was a sound of that in my head, and it's not a good sound. I, <laughs> I mean, right now, it was it was so loud. Like I, the bathroom was like right behind the stage. It was like so loud, uh, okay. and I, I don't really know. Like you know, I can't. Um, but so I did that, and I like rinsed my mouth out a couple times, and I was like, yeah, that's good. And I went back, and I like finished playing, and I just like bled <laughs> all over the shirt, and I just kept putting like the shirt in my mouth when it was too much, you know. And, uh, <laughs> Yeah, Jeez. yeah. I mean, you got to do what you got to do, but at the same time, yeah, that that, that sounds like an awful time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it was. I I don't know. I was I was like twenty one. You know, it's like that's what yeah. you do, right? You yeah. Know? But uh, I remember there was one show I played. Uh, just quick, quick thing here, but yeah, I was at this place called Deviate in Edmonton here, uh-huh. and uh, I was playing bass and doing vocals in that band that I was in. And the electrical in there was so terrible; the mic was shocking me through my teeth the entire show, uh, uh, which is a just horrible feeling. I do uh, not recommend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But again, you just kept fight through it and get get to the end of the set, and like, well, I'm going to ground my amp now because. Yeah. Yeah, it's time it to l- learn a little bit ele- <laughs> about electricity, you know, after yeah, experience exactly. like that. Yeah. Um so now that the record is out there in the world and everything, um like uh it, I didn't notice like um I should have, you know, I said I was doing research. I should have paid been paying more attention instead of just hitting play on the Bandcamp. Um are there physicals <laughs> of it that people can pick up? Yeah, yeah, we do have okay. uh, tapes of it, and uh, we we don't have those on the Bandcamp yet. We're working on okay. get, getting a, something set up for that. So, there was like a pre-order thing for the tapes, but that's okay. been closed uh, through the record label we were working with for that. Okay. Uh, but yeah, we do have tapes. Uh, but yeah, stream it, Bandcamp, all that sort of stuff is okay. is just as fine too. So. And do y'all have like any um, shows coming up that you want to talk about or? 
Yeah, uh, next weekend we're going down to Calgary. Uh, we're playing the uh, Abrupt Decay album release, which is going to be that's going to be an awesome album. Very excited that we get to do that. Uh, and then the week after, we're playing uh, Wild Rose Hardcore Fest, the Edmonton dates on the nineteenth. So uh, yeah, got a couple shows coming up, which is good. But so if you're in Alberta, come check us out at one of those. Awesome! Awesome. Um, is there anything else that we should chat about before we take off? Um, uh, my other band would kill me if I didn't do a quick plug. Everything okay. you ever loved. If you want really slow music to balance out the incredible fastness of false body, uh, check, check that out. Yeah, that's, that's about it. And that was my conversation with Justin Vanderhoek. Thank you so much, Justin, for taking the time to chat with me. One of my favorite things about doing this podcast is having the opportunity to chat with folks about things that make me genuinely happy while other things in life are not going so well. I hope that listening has given some of you a little bit of that as well. Until next time, take care and do good things.